Yeah. Welcome back to Scissors and Scrubs. Where are we? I don't know. Somewhere, <laughs> we're somewhere in the month of March, I think. It's cold. It's we're dark. So, I don't know. We've recorded so far in advance, you fuckers could never complain, <laughs> all right? Let's just say that. I don't know where we are right now. All I know is currently it's February and it was, the, the ocean was steaming. It was so fucking cold the it other night. It was ridiculous. I got out of work. It was negative eight degrees and I was driving over the tobe and I was like, my girlfriend in Colorado, I'm like, holy shit, it looks like the ships are sitting on clouds, there's so much smoke coming off that ocean. So I really don't know where or when this episode's coming out, but you're getting it. Yeah. So I'm going to read an email to start the episode, because she, at the very end of this email, which is long, <laughs> she gives us an idea, and that's literally what we ran with. Yeah. Um. So here we go. This is from Jesse. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey, Jesse. So I'm listening through the migraine episode again after a conversation with my son about Krampus. I love how you guys pair this stuff. So do I. I'd like to think we be pair fine wines. I'm pretty sure I experienced this this as a kid. Kinda. I always kind of thought it was a dream, but it didn't always happen when I was sleeping. I would close my eyes. It would feel like my hands got huge. Or, in my mind, parentheses, this is why I thought they were dreams, I would see a person or a part of the room I was just... I was in just get massive. Oh, or in a part of a room I was in would just get massive. Like a piece of furniture would get so large that I would feel like it was pressing me against the wall. Ooh, weird, huh? Other times I would feel like tiny. Like I would experience the feeling of shrinking super fast and just being in a tiny, tiny creature in a huge area. Think flea in an airplane hangar. Oh, that's pretty tiny. It was the most bizarre feeling ever. I never told anyone about it because who the hell would believe that and not just tell a kid they're, <laughs> they're imagining it. True. True. My kid said, I feel like I'm a flea in a hangar. I'd be like, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> what is that? Um, the, this lasted for years as a young child. And around the time it stopped, I started getting sleep paralysis. Somebody just told me their daughter was getting this. Complete with the demon and the sounds. Well, that's terrifying. <laughs> and she wrote, it was terrifying. I recall one particular bad one where I was in my room and I started hearing like a hundred different voices saying my name, getting louder and louder. Oh. I couldn't move. Couldn't turn my head. Oh. Just move my eyes. Jesus Christ. Next thing I knew, there was a very bright light coming in through the window and a very large, dare, oh my God, dark, scary demon thing coming towards me. Jesus. Literally goosebumps when you... It was awful. But again, figured it was a dream. That's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I would tell myself over and over to just wake up. Just wake up. Or I'd keep myself awake because after a couple of years of this, mm. it was like I could tell when it was going to happen. I would just feel different when I was laying down to oh, go to sleep. I have no idea how else to explain it, LOL. I wouldn't add LOL after no. that, to be honest with you. I never realized it was like, you know, a thing till later, way later in my adult years, learning that other people experienced it too, and it had a name. Sleep paralysis. Crazy. Same with the Alice in Wonderland syndrome. I always just figured they were wonky dreams till I listened to this and started thinking back like, no, it wasn't just when I was asleep. Mm-hmm. I also get migraines now as an adult, but they're usually unrelated to, yeah, they're usually unrelated to inadequate ca- caffeine consumption, so I'm not sure if it's all related. Anyway, thank you for unlocking those particular core memories. Glad, glad we could bring the terror back. Yes. <laughs> Just thought I'd share. Oh, also, episode suggestions. I'm going to pronounce this wrong, so I was really waiting. I was hoping you were going to say I'm not first. really sure how to pronounce it either, so don't worry about it. I'm going with Commodio Cordis. That's maybe. how I was going. That's, well, that's what this episode's about, Commodio Cordis. After that happened to the football player, we had two similar instances happen to high school kids here in Vegas. Wow. 
Neither was Lucky's he. Oh, that's sad. Mm -hmm. And remind me, have you all done one covering the shenanigans people get themselves into Valentine's Day? (laughs) Have a great day, ladies. Love you, Jess. Um, I believe one of our Valentine's Days is all about STDs. Yes. <laughs> that's my favorite. Um, that's a great... Um, a, I think you definitely had Alice in Wonderland syndrome. Yeah, I mean, terrifying. That's fucking terrifying. And then the sleep paralysis, Jack, I don't know why he's like obsessed, like petrified of having sleep paralysis. So I definitely think we need to do like a sleep disorder. Yeah, my girlfriend just said podcast. her daughter's at... I think she was happening to her college where she was waking up and couldn't move. That that is so scary yeah. to me. Like, yeah, I think we should. It's so do weird that. to me. Yeah. So that leads us into this episode where we are going to talk about Commodio Cordis. Yes. Uh, Laura is going to tell you what it is, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to give you some stories about it, which aren't as recent as two weeks after that poor guy. But I know. Um, but take it away, Sparkle. All right, I got my information from ClevelandClinic.org and AHAJournals.org. Commodio cordis is a condition where an abnormal heart rhythm, uh, it's called V-fib or ventricular fibrillation, and cardiac arrest happen immediately after an object strikes the chest directly over the heart, specifically left ventricle, at a critical time of the heartbeat. So you get struck in the chest, specifically over your left ventricle. Specifically it, in this certain... It's specifically at a certain time of your heartbeat. So it's like this... It's all insane that all this has to line up, and it happens a lot. And it, you go into VFib, and you go into cardiac arrest. There are fewer than thirty cases a year, though. Um, it was first described in the 18th century. They didn't know what it was. They would just describe like workers being hit in the chest and, and dying immediately. Um, it primarily occurs in sports, especially the ones using small hard objects like mm-hmm. baseball, hockey, and lacrosse. Um, it usually affects young males. Um, the mean age is 15 and it is very rare in people over 20. Oh. They don't know if it's because your chest, at, your it's chest is born. collapsible at, in your younger years than it is. It gets more. How old was Hamlin? 24? He was in his twenties. It happens, but right. it's harder to happen. It's well, and you're also talking a grown man coming at your chest. Right. Which is slightly different. Um, but it's they don't know if it's because your chest like hardens and becomes more stiff when you're older, so it's harder to collapse into your heart. Um, and also people who are usually playing these games with the balls are usually <laughs> under twenty. Yeah. Um, or more there's more kids under twenty playing these games. Ooh, sorry. Um baseball has the highest incidence, especially batters, pitches, and catches. And it's a weird fact, between 1900 and 1910, there were 19 deaths of baseball players caused by ball strikes to the heart. Wow. Yeah. And they didn't know what it, they just know he got hit by a ball and he died. Um, Commodio cordis can occur in activities without balls from impacts (laughs) of elbows, fists, and helmets. Um, A ball, fist, or helmet, or other object would have to hit your left chest at 40 to 50 miles per hour. At a 90 degree angle during the very short time that your ventricles are relaxed after contraction. And but that... think about a catcher. A pitcher's pitch is 90 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. And if he's throwing it, the right, it's going to come down at a right angle. Right. Right into your chest. Oh, yeah. Um, but it has to hit right when your ventricles relax right after the contraction. I mean, that's like, mm-hmm. like I mean, it's two seconds, not even. Um, and that will put you into VFib. Um, resuscitation with early defibrillation has been demonstrated to be successful in up to 59% of commodio cordis, um, victims. Mm-hmm. 
If you do not have a defibrillator, immediate defibrillation. You're not going to make it. You are not surviving us. Um, if a patient is resuscitated but cannot follow commands, the hospital, you're obviously going to the hospital with us. Um, they may use therapeutic hypothermia to help use oxygen more slowly yeah. and prevent brain swelling. Um, you'll be intubated. I wonder if they did that to him. I'm wondering. And you'll be cooled for 12 to 24 hours. They will keep you between 89.6 and 93.2 degrees. Then they will slowly rewarm you. Um, there are complications of the hypothermia, though. Um, you can get pneumonia, sepsis, an ab abnormal heart rhythm, wow. and coagulopathy, which means you can bleed or clot. Mm -hmm. um, prevention of this is use safety balls. There are safety balls that you can use in sports. People don't like to, especially with younger kids. There are balls that are not as hard that they can use in place of the regular baseballs. Um, so when they hit you, it wouldn't be as hard. Hard. Um, there are chest protectors you can use. Um, I know my kids always wore a jersey, un a shirt under their jersey that had like, um, I don't know if it was rubber or plastic, like a little like, it was like a circle mm -hmm. in the middle of their chest. So if the ball hit it, it would hopefully, that oh, would take some yeah. of the, they would absorb some of the um, pressure. Make sure coaches, staff, anybody who's working on the, in these sports knows how to perform CPR. You have yes. to start CPR immediately yes. when they drop. And make sure there's an AED readily available at games. Usually now, thank God, they at fields, at gyms, there are AED available. But you need to defibrillate as soon as possible for a survival. Early defibrillation is the key to survival in Commodio Cordis. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, I got a few stories for you. Okay. Well, I sit back. I'm going to tell you a story. Can't wait. I'm going to tell you a couple. Well, as we all know, on January 2nd, Monday Night Football, bum, 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 mm -hmm. many watched as DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. That was really hard to watch, to be honest. Yeah. He takes the hit to the chest. He went down. He stood up. He wobbles. And he fucking drops like a stone. Yeah. Um, they immediately started CPR. I'm assuming they defibrillated him on the field. They did. But I they did not see did. what was going yeah. on. And he was rushed to the hospital. I mean, two days later, he's waking up wondering who won the game. And fortunately for him, the outcome was he, he's going to survive this. Right. Not everybody survives this, as you heard. Uh, we have a couple of survival stories and a couple of not. So April 19th, 2008, lacrosse field at Cardinal Gibbons High School in Raleigh, North Carolina. Alex Buris, 17, he's an All-American lacrosse player. He's late for a meeting before the game. He remembers parking his car. And the last thing he remembers is him and his friends wanting to get to this meeting on mm -hmm. time. Um, he was lined up against the opposing team's best player. He's playing lacrosse, I said. And the game begins and the other team's, um, the other team is headed towards the goal. Mm -hmm. So he is going to check this kid that he's matched up against. But at the same time he's getting ready to check, the kid whips and makes a hit on the goal. He takes the ball right to the chest. Um... The ball only weighs five ounces, but when it's being chucked at God knows how many miles an hour, it was a direct hit for him. Mm -hmm. He staggers a few steps. He rips his helmet off. He drops to his knees, and then he just goes back, mm -hmm. unconscious. Um, he begins to have a complete seizure on the field, and then he goes into complete cardiac arrest. Mm -hmm. His mother, by the time she gets to the field, he's blue. Mm -hmm. uh, an AED was not on the field. It mm -hmm. was in the gym. 
one of the fellow players sees him drop. He runs to the gym. It's fucking locked. Oh, so they have to run and get the key, go back. While they're running, a Dr. O'Brien, who is a parent on his team, and a Dr. Eric uh, Laxer, who is a parent from the opposing team, they began CPR on him. It took two shocks for him to respond to that. Mm-hmm. He ultimately recovered, but he suffered a short-term memory loss and extreme fatigue for a very long time after yeah. the incident. He underwent many tests, but ultimately made a full recovery. It was chucked up, uh, chalked up to commodio cordis. Mm-hmm. February 27, 2008, two months before this happens in Jacksonville, Florida, James Hendrick is um, guarding the lacrosse cold for... Let's try this again, Nicole. He's guarding the lacrosse goal for Fletcher High School in Jacksonville, Florida. (laughs) Boom. He was wearing a chest protector. Mm -hmm. And when the lacrosse Paul Paul, ball to the chest makes a direct hit, he still is able to get the ball out of the goal and across midfield. And he drops and enters cardiac arrest. Bump, bump, bump. I got all my papers. I got to take care of you. 40% 40% of Commodio Cordis patients are wearing chest protectors when this happens. Mm-hmm. He makes a full recovery. In 2010, a 16-year-old baseball player in New Jersey died after taking a baseball to the chest. He was a catcher, and he was wearing the catcher's um, chest protector when it happened. But there was no AED available for him. <laughs> All right. So I was supposed to write these out, but somebody was texting me today doing a haul. And I couldn't pay attention to what I was doing. So we're going to read these straight from the articles. CPR saved my son. A mother's story from American Heart Association CPR and First Aid blog. Okay. Okay. February 24th, 2017. Her husband, David, and she were both at work. It was a day like no other. 15-year-old son, Justin, was at home with other kids and a friend. They were playing in the backyard with a lacrosse ball. Mm-hmm. It's fucking lacrosse more than yeah, I'm anybody. I'm getting worried. <laughs> Sam <laughs> plays lacrosse. <laughs> it's completely normal, she says. What happened next was, in essence, a perfect storm. Turns out that Justin suffered commodio cordis, or cardiac arrest, after an impact to his chest. Essentially, his heart, her son's heart just stopped. No pulse, no heartbeat, no nothing. Thankfully, the other children acted immediately. Instead of freezing in fear, they called 911. While her daughter called her husband. The second call proved faithful as my husband was able... That's me ripping the page off so I can read it. To get in touch with a neighbor who ran over and started CPR. The CPR, we know what CPR does. I don't need to explain that. (laughs) Paramedics were quickly able to shock Justin's heartbeat rhythm back to normal. He did suffer complications. He was admitted to the hospital for acute respiratory distress syndrome. Mm. Caused This makes sense. He was caused by a collapsed lung. Mm-hmm. His body couldn't oxygenate as it needed to with the ventilator. They had to insert chest tubes to reinflate his lungs and aid in his breathing. CPR is very traumatic yes. to do to somebody. It causes... It ultimately will save your life, but a lot of shit happens. Ribs get broken. Mm-hmm. Sternum gets separated. You can bruise lungs. You can. It, a lot of stuff happens, mm-hmm. so I'm not surprised that happened to him. He was in the hospital for 10 days, and he had made a full recovery. She has found herself changed as a parent. I bet. There is more worry now. This Mm -hmm. was a freak incident, and it feels like anything can happen to the kids, so we're doing what we can to be proactive. All right. That is him. Moving on. It was the second play of a high school football game. 16-year-old tight end caught the pass. As he broke free from defender, he was struck in the chest by another player. After the play ended, Michael... Michael, your last name. Elsasar was slow to his feet. As he tried to stand, his legs buckled 
and he was in full cut. That's what bothers me the most. Like when the kids watch the video, somebody hits the head. The when yeah. he got up, it's so disturbing to me to see somebody lose consciousness. Yeah, because you can see it. Like you can see it. He's happen. grabbing at his thing. Like he's trying to do something to his helmet. Like probably trying yeah. to take it off to say, "Hey, that's not you know." And, his legs. You could just see his legs move yeah. and he goes. But just the way he touched his helmet, I was like, oh, it's no. It's so disturbing yeah. to watch. I don't like watching people. No, go I don't like, Even in a fight, you just know yeah. they're out of it. Yeah. I don't like it. No. Um, despite getting immediate CPR, he died that day, Ugh. November 15th. His story is all too familiar. Excuse me. A perfectly healthy student athlete collapses on the field after getting hit in the chest. The first sign of heart trouble is his last. A freak medical accident that inexplicably ends a young life. Mm-hmm. His mother or his father says it was the worst news I ever received. No parent should bury their child. No 16-year-old should die playing a game they love. Mm-hmm. Um, they get into every defibrillator for the schools. Um, it doesn't say what year this was, but I can only imagine um, since this has happened, though Jester says two kids in Vegas in January died from yeah. it. I don't know why there isn't an AED at the coach's side at all times. Right. Um, is that my last story? Uh, nope. This is okay. So his parents had heard from cardiologists that their son's cause of death was commodio cordis. A family from Sutton, Massachusetts, is awaiting the result of further examinations. After December, their 16-year-old catcher died. His their son was playing ca- um, catcher for baseball, and he was hit in the chest during a pitch after an after-school practice. Um. So, in December, a 16-year-old catcher died after being hit in the chest by a pitch during an after-school practice in Patterson, New Jersey. According to the police, Tom, again, 16, Thomas mm. Adams, 16, was indoor in the gym practicing when he was struck by a pitch, stood up and said, I can't breathe. Such accidents occur in high school sports, and some experts say it's critical to have first aid and equipment like an AED. So, in December, a 16-year-old catcher died. He died. After being hit in the chest by a pitch during an after-school practice in Patterson, New Jersey, Thomas Adams, 16, was in an indoor gym practicing when he was struck by a pitch, stood up and said, I can't breathe. God, it must be terrifying I, for the kids around him. I, that's the other thing. Like, these poor kids. These poor But kids. then these other kids who are standing there watching this kid pass it's, out. It's nothing. Yep. Okay, great. You got hit by baseball. We get hit all the time. And then you're dead. Like, It sounds like these kids who died... There was no AED close by. The AED is... A lifesaver, clearly. The key, I mean, in any CPR, but at this... I mean, you know, anytime someone's hot, they go into V-fib, you need an AED, but this... These kids aren't coming out of that There's nothing else to do except to get them out. Like, they don't have anything wrong with their heart. It's not like, oh, they need a cath lab. They need to fix an artery. They need to fix a vessel. They need to fix your valve. Like, it's it's literally that they just... They just need to be shocked back into a rhythm. Their heart is fine. Right. It just got hit at the wrong time. And all of these kids were like 16 years old. Yep. Um, and some of the ones who passed didn't have an AED available. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand how this day and age you don't have one. They're everywhere. And if, I, I don't know, I, I mean, maybe this is like insane, but if you're part of your school board, or if you're part of the PTO or... Make sure they're there. Bring this up. Like, bring this up. Yeah. This is very important because, again, yes, does it only happen like 30 times a year? Yeah, but lacrosse is getting more popular, so I bet it's going to be more than that now. Yep. You know, where it used to lacrosse used to kind of be like a Nobody now it's a it. huge sport. Yep. So now it's baseball and lacrosse. If you're check with your town, check to see if your parks have an AED. Check to see if your school has an AED. Yep. Say when the athletic person is on the field, like we always have at the high school, there's always an athletic um, trainer on mm-hmm. the field. Like 
Do you have your AED out on the field? Like, I know where it is because we walk by it every time. Like, we walk through the fields and we yeah. go into the, the woods. Um, the baseball field, right in the there's middle of all the base, there's an AED right there. Yeah. I don't know if anybody checks the battery. Right. I'm hoping they do. Right. But there is always an AED there. Yeah. Just, it, I would say, check in your community. And they're not hard to use. It tells you what to do. Turn it on. That is what you have yep. to do. Turn it on. It will literally tell you the rest of the stuff to do. Crazy shit. Yeah. It can, it will literally, it will, it's the only thing really that's going to save these right. kids' lives. So that is our brief, quick episode on Commodio yeah. Cordis. Yeah. Um, we got more shit coming at you, so be prepared. And we will talk to you soon. Bye. Like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Scissors and Scrubs. And email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissorsandscrubs at gmail.com.